Good evening. Uh, welcome to church. Uh, whether you're here on or online or whether you're watching it tonight on the 15th of November or you're watching it at a later date, we want to welcome you to church. I uh, also wanted to take a moment just to uh, wish a friend a uh, happy birthday. Um, so my friend and our senior pastor, Steve Fitzalan, it's his birthday today. So Steve's watching at home. Hi, Steve. Happy birthday. Uh, hip, hip, hip. Hooray. Yes, yeah, all right. Um, are you ready for the Word of God? I am. I am. I'm really excited about this one, actually. Um, and I'm excited about all my sermons, but um, I think God's got something for us tonight. Uh, and it's a message that is life-changing. Uh, and I want to prepare you for that because um, the Word of God changes us. And um, he's got something exciting for us tonight. Christ be magnified in me and through me tonight and in this place. Be magnified. As you can see, if you look around uh, closely enough, um, the Christmas season is upon us. Who's excited about that? <laughs> yes, a few of us. Um, Christ is <laughs> Christmas or Christmas is all around us at the moment. Uh, in the church, and we're already talking about it. Uh, it's in the decorations, it's in the music, uh, it's in the shops, and it's in the Christmas shopping. And if ever there was a year that we needed Christmas early, it's this crazy year called 2020. It seems appropriate that we celebrate early this year because the world needs the hope, the love, the joy that the Christmas message is all about. So who's already started their Christmas shopping? Let me have a look. Put your hands up. There's a few of us. I have. I know my daughter Jessica has. And I know that Christmas shopping can be a challenge, can't it? What do you get people? Uh, which people do you buy for? How much do we spend? And what if they've already got one? Or if they don't like it, what do we do? So... I tried to solve this problem years ago. Um, I decided I would make it easy for everyone and I would make a list of all the things that I want and need um, and in different price groups so that everyone is considered, even the generous. Um, so there is an Audi on my list just in case any of you fall into that category and a real-sized Audi, not the little, the little ones. Um, I didn't want anyone to worry about what to get me. And I wanted to save you time. You know, you spend all the time looking around the shop. You don't have to anymore because I've got the list. And I'm happy to give you a copy of the list uh, at the end of the service if you want to know what to get me. How thoughtful am I? <laughs> um, how do you like to receive your Christmas gifts? Do you like surprises? Yes, or would you prefer to know what you're getting? Do you prefer stuff that you want or do you prefer stuff that you need? What about... Yeah, that's the want, yes, I hear that. Uh, uh, is it money? Is money enough? A voucher or do you prefer a gift? What about something that lasts or an experience? Have you ever received a gift from someone that was more for the giver than it was for you? 
uh, like it's the music that they like or the experience that they've got you a trip to the ballet. How exciting for them. Um, and they use the gift more than you do. Perhaps you've actually been that person that's given them the gift that you like. Um, are you a, it's the thought that counts kind of person? Or are you someone who doesn't actually need or want anything? There are people like that out there apparently. What happens to you when you get an unexpected gift? What about an undeserved gift? Have you ever been not deserving of the gift that you've received? What about the generous gift or the elaborately planned gift? Have you ever had someone plan your gift? And maybe it's more than just the gift, it's a whole experience. And they've spent a lot of time, and months maybe, uh, maybe years of planning this particular gift. Have you ever got the perfect gift? I've heard people say, this is the perfect gift. What's the perfect gift? It really begs the question, what is the perfect gift? It's probably something that we most need. Something maybe that we don't even know that we need. It's probably been a long time in the planning. It's generous. It lasts. It's personal. And it's about the relationship between the giver and you. I think that's probably where the perfect gift kind of falls in. Tonight I want to tell you about the perfect gift that God has for us. Last week we started this series called Unto Us. Unto Us. Unto Us. Okay. If you were here last, last week, you'd know what I'm talking about. Um, we heard the good news about the perfect gift, that through Jesus, God is with us. That's the good news. God is with us because of Jesus coming to earth. Jesus was called Emmanuel, which means God with us. God was no longer distant. He was no longer far away from us, but he came and he lived among us. And he still lives with us through his Holy Spirit. The story of Jesus is also good news for us because that we know through Jesus that God is for us. Which is God's message for us tonight. So I want you to turn to your neighbour right now, look at them and say, for us. Because I want you to remember this, God is for us. For us. Let me tell you first tonight that this gift, this perfect gift, this gift is for us. This gift is for us. It says in Isaiah, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. I remember Christmas one year, um, some friends of mine uh, lived, who'd lived on a very busy street across the road from a beach thought that they'd decorate their very large windows that looked out on, onto this street. So they got the white Christmas foam stuff and they decided to decorate their windows with all their little Christmas decorations and they wrote the verse, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, Isaiah 9 verse 6. 
what's particularly uh, funny about this story is that someone actually walking by came up and congratulated them on the birth of their child <laughs> um, because they thought my friends had, had a child born named Isaiah who was nine pounds six. They obviously didn't know that Bible verse. Um, what I want you to hear tonight is that the gift is for us. And the gift is for you. The gift of this child, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The gift is for us and he is the perfect gift. We know this verse, for God so loved the world that he gave. God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. That's the gift. And whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, most of us have heard this verse. We know it. But let me point out the verse that follows. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God could have come into the world for any reason. He could have stayed home, but he, he came into the world. Uh, and he could have come into the world to sort us out. There was a problem in the world. There was sin and darkness and all that kind of stuff. He could have come just to sort us out. He could have even come to wipe us out. He could have come just for the Israelites. He could have come for the religious or the good people or the educated or the influential. He could have come for anyone. But God had a global plan, even before that was a thing. Um, he had an eternal plan. And his plan was to rescue the world. His plan was salvation. And it wasn't something that we could buy or something that we could earn. It was a gift. And all of us, all of us are his intended recipients. I want you to hear tonight that his gift is for us. Thank you, Father God. What I particularly love about this gift is that it's a gift that keeps on giving. The gift of Jesus, this son that is given for us, is the gift that keeps on giving. It's like the telly commercials. You know, the, but wait, there's more. Uh, let's all say that. But wait, there's more. That was good. Try that again. So what actually comes with this gift? I'm going to tell you, because it's exciting. Salvation comes with the gift. So when we get this gift, salvation comes with it. Paul wrote, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But wait, there's more. Abundant life comes with the gift. So you get the gift, abundant life comes with it. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life to the full. Praise God. But wait, there's more. How good is this? Peace comes with the gift. We get the gift, peace comes with it too. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. 
But wait, there's more. Let's, let's work it up, work it up. The Holy Spirit comes with the gift. When we get the gift of Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes too. Jesus said, very truly I tell you, it, it is for your good that I go away. Because unless I go away, the Advocate or the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And we know that from first-hand experience. I know that from first-hand experience because I have the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes with the gift. But wait, there's more. That's good. I, I'm hearing you now. Um, adoption into the family of God comes with the gift. So when we get the gift and receive the gift, we are adopted into the family of God. John wrote, he came to that which was his own, but his own didn't receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. He gave us the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, but born of God. But wait, there's more. Strength comes with the gift. Paul wrote, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. But wait, there's more. An eternity with God comes with the gift. When we get the gift, it's for all eternity. Jesus said, my Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Jesus has a long-term plan for us, for all eternity. He's actually preparing a place for us now. Now let's double the whole offer, shall we? <laughs> Only kidding. Because there's so much more that comes with the gift. This is the gift that keeps on giving. But not only is this gift for us, God is for us. God is for us. Paul wrote in Romans, what then shall we say in response to all of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not even spare his own son, but he gave him up for all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? It's no one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life. He's at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Praise God. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. That deserves a clap, doesn't it? Amen. 
That's not me, that's the Word of God. Last week we heard that God is with us. Now I want you to hear this, God is for us. Think about that for a moment. What does it mean to you that God is for you? What does that mean to you? God is for you. Hear this, hear this. God is for you. God is for you. There's so much in these above verses. I love it that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I love it that we're more than conquerors through him. I love it that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. There's one little bit here that I want you to hear. I want to bring this to your attention that you might have missed. And it's this. Jesus is interceding for us. And I know we look at that, some of us might look at that and go, what's that about? What does that mean? Jesus is interceding for us. One dictionary defines interceding as to act or intervene on behalf of someone in difficulty or trouble. As by pleading or petition. So Jesus is actually intervening or acting on our behalf, pleading on our behalf. So Paul wrote, who is it that condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life and is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. That's what he's doing now. Other versions say pleading to God on our behalf. And the way I imagine this is that, that God is at the right hand of God right now. Uh, Jesus is at the right hand of God right now and he's speaking us up. He's pleading to God on our behalf. You know, Ben, oh, he, God, he's awesome. He's awesome, God. What about Bronte? How fantastic is she? Um, and this is Jesus just speaking us up. And I can imagine this conversation between Jesus and God. And it goes like this. Hey, Father, you know Oliver. We love him. He's one of ours. And he needs us. Uh, he needs our power. He needs our protection. Let's help him out. I imagine that's, that's what that intercession conversation is about. And it says that he's actually pleading on our behalf. How good is that? God is for us. And that's really good news. I want to tell you how I know that God is for me and that he is for us. And the reason I know that God is for me is because I'm standing here right now. I shouldn't be here. I really shouldn't be here. In the past, I was lost in sin. I've made so many mistakes, it's not funny. And God has given me chance after chance after chance. But God saved me. He forgave me. He restored me. And, he's, and he has a purpose for me. And his purpose for me is to encourage others, to cheer people on. See, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I know he's for me because even though I've had depression most of my life, and at times very dark depression, the lost and alone kind of depression, the helpless and the hopeless kind of depression, 
even the I'd rather not be here kind of depression. That's where my life has been. But I stand here because God lifted me out of the pit and he stood my feet upon the solid ground. He restored my soul more often than I can count. And while I occasionally get the down times, they're less often and they're not as bad. And I even feel like God is using me to help others in those situations. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. I know that God is for me because I know that I am a loved child of God. I can't explain adequately why I know that, but I know deep down in my heart that I am his. What I sense is a sense of belonging, a a sense of family, a sense of like I'm home, especially when I'm with the people of God. I sense God's pleasure. I sense God's favour in me, like when a child knows when he's loved by his parents. That's what I feel from God. I just know that I know that I know that I am a child of God. It says in his word, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. That's my experience. I know that I'm a child of God. He's for me. And I've said it before and I'll say it again because it's a truth that you need to hear. I am not defined by my past. I am not defined by my failures. I am defined as a child of the Most High God. All because God is for me. And the truth is, that's true about you too. You are not defined by your past. You're not defined by your mistakes. You're defined as a child of God. I know he's for me because I see the evidence all around me. We're going to think about that a little bit later. I see it in relationships. I see it in new connections. I see it in my work, my family, in different circumstances, and even the difficult circumstances. I see God in those situations. And although we don't often see it at the time, those tough times... God even uses those circumstances to bring about good in our lives. He uses that stuff. Did you know that he can even use sickness or poor work situations, unemployment? God can use poverty, brokenness, strife, or even the coronavirus. God can use all of that stuff for the good of those who love him. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. That's my experience. I've seen it. I've lived it. So you're probably all wondering, where do you get this perfect gift? Uh, The gift that includes salvation. The gift that includes eternal life. The gift that includes being a child of God. Where do you get it? What do you have to do to get it? 
So the good news tonight is that the gift is readily available. It's in stock, if you like. It is in stock. And you don't have to pay anything to get it or do anything to earn it because it's all been done for us. It's all been done for us. If we had to pay anything for it or do anything to earn it, it would cease to be a gift. And we couldn't possibly do enough to earn it anyway. So God made a way. He offered it freely. The gift is free. It says in Ephesians 2, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works that, so that no one can boast. It says in Romans 6, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Someone once said that religion is spelt D-O. That's boo, by the way. Um, Christianity, on the other hand, is spelt D-O-N-E. Done. One endlessly works to earn love, the other simply receives it. I'm going to ask Ben if he'll come out right now. It's all been done for us. I want you to hear that. It's all been done for us. There's nothing that we can do to earn God's salvation or his favour. There's nothing that we can do. Jesus did it all for us on the cross. He paid the price so that we don't have to. All we have to do is receive the gift. Receive the gift. I'll read this verse again. He came to that which was his own, but his own didn't receive him. They didn't believe. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So tonight I want to give you the opportunity to receive the gift. I want you to have what I've got. This perfect gift. The gift of his son Jesus. The gift that keeps on giving. The gift that includes salvation. It includes eternal life. It includes adoption into the family of God. The Holy Spirit living you in you and so much more. The gift that keeps on giving. So if you've never asked Jesus into your life, I want to give you that opportunity in a moment to receive him. And I'm going to pray for you. And if you've already received the gift, you already know Jesus is Lord, I want you to take a moment of quietness because this is a significant gift that you've received. I want you to take a moment to appreciate the gift of God that you have. Let's close our eyes just for a moment, for a few moments actually. Let me remind you all while we've got our eyes closed that the perfect gift of Jesus, the gift that keeps on giving, the gift that includes salvation, eternal life, adoption into the family of God, the Holy Spirit living in you, this gift is for you. 
let let me remind you that God is for you. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We are more than conquerors through him. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And Jesus is interceding. He's pleading for us, for you right now. I want to remind you that it's all been done for us. It's all been done for you. There is nothing that you can do to earn his love, his favour, this salvation. There's nothing you can do to earn this perfect gift. It's all been done for you. You just have to receive the gift. So while our eyes are still closed, if this is you and you've never asked Jesus into your life, I want to ask you right now if you would like to receive that gift. If you would like to receive that gift, if you would like to receive Jesus, just raise your hand where you are, whether that's in the building or outside the building, at home. Raise your hand where you are and pray this prayer with me. Praise God, praise God. Let's all pray together and maybe just put your hands out in a posture of receiving. Put your hands forward in a posture of receiving as we pray this prayer together. Father God, I want to receive this gift of Jesus. Jesus, I invite you to be Lord of my life. I'm sorry for my sins and I need forgiveness. Thank you, Father God, for the gift. Thank you, God, that you are for me. And thank you, God, that I can be a child of God. I receive you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, I know that there were hands raised, and um, I want to tell you that you are now a part of the family of God. So all you have to do is receive the gift, and you've got it. You're already a part of the family of God, and the gift will keep on giving. Um, so I'd love to talk to you after the service, or one of the other ministry team will do that. Um, but I just wanted to say welcome to the family. Um. Thank you.